today. The reading is going to be Isaiah 58, verses 6 to 12. Isaiah 58, uh, 6 to 12. If you want to use your Bible there. Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them, and not to hide yourself from your kin. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and God will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. You shall be like a watered garden like a spring of water, whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. The word of God for the people of God. Let's pray. Holy God, did you really ask us to not point our fingers at others? Oh, and you rather expected we would listen. Thank you for the reminder. The reminder, dear God, of your ways, of your hope. May we follow. Amen. The yoke of mercy. The yoke of kindness, mutuality, and compassion is what God has asked of humanity from the very beginning, not pointing out each other's problems. God chose to be yoked to you, to yoke God's self with you, you who sit here, you who are invisible, you who are ignored, and you who are powerful. God's yoke is a gift of balance and strength to you. However, from the beginning, we have struggled with these yokes. But God, I don't want to do it this way. God, I don't want to do it that way. God, do you really think this is a good idea? God, I think this is a terrible idea. Struggling with God's yoke. And do you think that surprises God? No, it does not. 
And as we are yoked to God, we are equally yoked to each other because that's the way God set up our relationships. Just ask Cain. If you remember last week, I mentioned Cain's descendant, Lamech, who was boasting about vengeance. And Jesus quoted him, changing, didn't quote him, but he referenced it when Jesus said, I'm reversing vengeance and asking you to forgive 70 times seven times. Same math in Genesis 4 used by Jesus. The yoke of mutuality is hard when you want to go your own, I'm sorry, when I want to go my own way. In ancient Near Eastern, in the ancient Near Eastern world, yokes were instruments that helped, that bound animals, but helped them work together painlessly if they were in balance. Well-fitting yokes on oxen had to provide this balance between two huge animals so that the, animal, the owners could ensure the animal's safety. It's a horrible thing to see, but in fact, if it's properly balanced, these huge animals can do their work seemingly effortlessly so that they weren't working against each other, but they were working with each other to carry huge weights, to plow long fields. Now jump to the New Testament again. I'll be jumping back and forth because it's fun. Jesus' ridiculous parable of the great banquet, it was ridiculous because this huge banquet was prepared. Everybody was invited. The rich and powerful were invited, but they all made excuses. Oh, and one of the excuses was about yoked oxen. I've just bought a team of five oxen. I've got to go check them out. It's ridiculous because you don't buy a team of oxen without first test driving them. So it's a ridiculous excuse of trying to avoid going to God, and we make those excuses. Yokes were tools. They were also used by people in order to carry the essential of water safely, proportionately, balanced, so you could carry more water fewer times. And then, go through the history. Yokes were used upon humans, imprisoned or enslaved humans. This being February, where we remember and bring to the surface our ties to slavery. I have begun reading journalist, author, Nicole Hannah-Jones's book, The 1619 Project. I did not walk into this thinking it would be easy, and by the second line, I knew it wasn't going to be easy. But who says I should only read the easy? Her book is a collection of essays that may take me a lifetime to get through, but I will do it because I must face my participation and my own shame in a system that put yokes on humans. So the 1619, 1619 is the year that, I'm sorry, it's the year before the famous Mayflower carrying all of those English people anchored, and that landing 
is writ large in our history. What is not is the year before, 1619, when the Dutch ship White Lion landed on our shores, arriving before those English who got credit for building America, but Nicole's wonderful book said, and who really built America? Her foundational question, who built America and what were their yokes? My question, and have we removed them? Back to Isaiah, because that's so much easier than facing my history, our history of racism and injustice in our land. Now the concepts, the concept of yoke became the practice by humans of lording it over other people. It became the practice of putting ownership tags, making humans property. Equally, there was the ancient understanding, as I said at the very beginning, of being yoked to God. Making us equal to each other as we are each yoked to God. Charles Tyler writes, the yoke concept with the Hebrew literary traditions is strongly related to the idea of the sovereignty of the covenant, that God laid a yoke of mutuality with God upon us. And that Jesus took that and added, and with your neighbor, a yoke of balance between us and the sovereign. And that covenant agreement, yes, we are God's people. Yes, we will do things God's way. And yes, we need to be reminded of that continually because I tend to stray away from God's way. So in ancient Hebrew, wearing the yoke was viewed as an outward sign of an inward relationship with God. Tyler also connects the concept of yoke to the ancient Shema from Deuteronomy chapter 6, which if you're ever having a really bad day is exactly what you should quote. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise, i.e., always. And then it goes on, make a sign on your forehead, on your forearm, and on your doorpost to remind you how easy it is to forget who is in relationship with you. In our reading, Isaiah's words were not read I mean, John read them, thank you very much. We read them, but they are originally shouted, hollered, passionately recited over and over to the people before exile came and during exile and after exile. Maybe, I like to imagine, the shofar was, was sounded and people came as an ingathering to remember that you are not forgotten and likewise do not forget who you have a relationship 
with our beloved divine God. And that this is what Jesus added to from Leviticus. Yes, you have your Shema. Excellent. It's not just you and God. It's also you and the person with whom you are sitting or you can see with your eye. Now, Isaiah 58. Try not to get bogged down on whether this is Isaiah 3, Isaiah 2, Isaiah 1. Which time period? Yes, it is God's word for us, God's reminder. So probably Isaiah's words are being spoken, whichever Isaiah we're talking about, these words are being spoken to the exiles who have probably returned from Babylon, who had been told before they left by prophet Jeremiah, you are going to come back before they left when they were saying, no, we're, God would never make us go over there. Absolutely not, no way. Uh -uh, terror never happens to God's people. It did, and God was with them through terror. And then God called them back home, and they began building the temple. And God said to them, feeling the weight of these words from Isaiah, you guys, loose the bonds, break the yokes, share bread. Bring the homeless into your house. Community building and sharing our passion for God is what we are called to do together, not one over the other. Community building is sharing our passion for God. Don't forget that when you placed bonds on each other, when you yoked a human and said, you are now my property. That is one of the reasons you got sent off to exile and our ancient ancestors. And these words still live for us today. So imagine yourself as one who survived birth in exile, who survived and was alive under the yoke of foreign power. Imagine yourself coming to your land where the yoke is weight because the relationship with God never stopped, was always there. Yes, there will be conflicts within community. We will struggle with each other. We will struggle on God's ways and which ones are priorities. Yes, they all are priorities. Some are forgotten, some are abused, and it is our job to remember to change our ways, those who are ignored, those who hold the keys, those who have the finest, those who hold the purse, those who have nothing. We honor the same God. Are we a, are we a God kind of community bearing a yoke with people that do not look or act like us? This is our perpetual question and our perpetual reminder. Let's use our relationship with God as our only yoke. Amen.